Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. Withholding. You know, the idea behind Santa was is that you better watch out, he's going to withhold. I spent, as about a five year old, I cried through the night on Christmas Eve. Oh, I know, it's, it was horrible. My parents were really good parents, and they had, they had loaded the, up the Christmas tree for us and, and all, but <laughs> you know, I know this is going to be such a shocker to some of you. I wasn't always a good little boy, <laughs> and I knew, I knew this Christmas that before I had a history. I, I just hadn't been a good little boy, you know, and, and Santa the stalker knew, and it was just... So I cried and cried, and my, my, my mom and dad tried to encourage me, it's going to be all right, I promise. Oh, switches and ashes. I don't know where that came from, but you're bad, you get switches. I said, well, if I get switches, I want a bullwhip. <laughs> Do you know I got a bullwhip that Christmas? And a lot of other things. I didn't get ashes, and so my parents were good parents. And I tell you that today, God's a good God, and he is not a withholder. If you are worried about him holding back on you, he is not a withholder. He, he is benevolent. He pours himself out. The Holy Spirit is being poured out. You look at, at what the Bible talks about God. He's the God of the open hand, not of the closed fist. Too many people have a wrong impression of God. They see him as a, as a clenched fist ready to pound them. He's not that God. He's the God of the open hand. And so this... Day, I want to talk about Christmas, and there's no Christmas without Christ. Christmas a few weeks away, and I want to look at Luke chapter 2. I read this portion of Scripture every Christmas morning with the kids, grandkids, Cindy, and we always do this before we open any presents or anything. This is what we do. We read the Christmas story because this is the reality of what Christmas is. Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 14. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. They were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day. Sorry, got got ahead in the Scripture. In the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So I open by saying my intent, and I believe God's intention for the service is to make Jesus bigger, we can't, He is as big as He will ever be, He fills everything, but... What we need to have him made bigger in 
is in our own understanding. And just a little segue for Wednesday night. On Wednesday night, I'm going to teach a series three weeks in a row. Wednesday night, 6.30, Growing and Knowing. We so need to know what we have and who we are in Him. And so, uh, I'd encourage you to be out Wednesday, but we need to grow in our understanding of how big God is. Now, He is bigger than we will ever fully understand, but we can know Him better. We can know Him bigger, in bigger ways. The psalmist cried out and he said, Come, magnify the Lord with me. And he was encouraging people to magnify. It means to make bigger, make bigger the Lord. And we need God to be bigger in our own eyes and sight and understanding. Say, I believe that. So what we're going to do this morning, look at the real meaning of Christmas. And I want to start with something that uh, some may not think a lot about during this season. And that is this. Jesus didn't begin in Bethlehem. Now, he was born on the first Christmas, but he had been around a long time before that, like before time. So I want to look, first of all, at Jesus before Bethlehem. In Micah chapter 5, verse 2, it says, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, say that five times real fast. (laughs) Though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting. So listen, Bethlehem wasn't Jesus' beginning, it was just his birth. Now, I know that's kind of a psych job here, but listen with me. His birth as a baby was his beginning as a person on earth. But he was always somebody before he was born. He was God. He was God. Always has been, always will be. Revelation 1, verse 8, says, I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. It was Jesus who made everything. Everything that was made was made by Jesus. John 1, verse 1 through 3, and then verse 14 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's pretty clear, isn't it? He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That's good. Jesus was the one who created everything. He is the Word that spoke everything into existence. The earth, 
the sun, the moon, the stars, the galaxies, uh, everything. Now, to get an idea of how incredible Jesus is, how awesome he is, how powerful he is, we have to get an idea and think about his creation and what he created. You get an idea of how big the Creator is from looking in at His creation. In Isaiah 40, verse 26, says, Look up into the heavens. Who created all the stars? He brings them out like an army, one after another, calling each by its name. Because of His great power and incomparable strength, not a single one is missing. Jesus spoke all the stars into being, and not only that, but he calls every one of them by name. He has a name for every one of them. Now, I don't know about you, but that just blows my mind. <laughs> all of us have looked out on a starry night. Maybe you've been out at a place where there wasn't much uh, ambient light around. There was darkness. Look up at the sky and the stars. And as a kid, a lot of us tried counting some, and we lose track, right? They're just, they're just too many. They're just, uh, it's just full. The heavens are full. And so he not only knows how many there are, <laughs> he has a name for every single one of them. There's Bill, there's Fred, there's Sam, there's Sally. I don't, I don't know. No, I'm sure he has more illustrious names. He's God, but it's just... Incredible. It's so awesome it makes my mind hurt. <clears throat> Astronomers are still discovering galaxies. In our galaxy, the Milky Way alone, it's believed to have some 200 billion stars. That's a lot. It's estimated that there are at least 80 billion galaxies in the universe, probably a lot more. Our galaxy alone has 200 billion stars, and so that's a whole bunch of stars. Tell yourself, that's a whole bunch. <laughs> and so today, the one we're talking about is the one who spoke, and the galaxies were created. He spoke the word, and this was created. He spoke. And this was created. He spoke, and this was created. <clears throat> he's the creator. He's not just the creator, he's the great creator. <clears throat> he's an awesome creator. <clears throat> this gives us kind of an idea of how big and powerful Jesus is, looking at his creation, how incredible he is. He spoke, and the earth and everything was created. The oceans, the rivers, the creeks, the mountains, the fields, the deserts, the rocks, the grass, the trees. <clears throat> he created the tree that he ultimately would be hung on and die a miserable death. He's amazing. We have to think about this kind of stuff to get an idea of what he gave up to come here. Think about it. Who he was before Bethlehem. Jesus, the one whose goings forth are from of old. 
from everlasting, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. <clears throat> Somebody say Jesus. <clears throat> he allowed himself to become a baby. Isaiah had prophesied some 700 years before Jesus was born, and it was quoted in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. This is a prophecy from Isaiah. Behold, the virgin, virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Jesus came for one, I'm just a side note here, he came so that we would always know God's with us. We don't ever have to wonder where God is. He's with us. He's here. He never takes a vacation. He never takes a hike. He never goes away. He's here, and he's here to stay. He is the one and only. God's with us. God with us. You never, I know that there are times where we may feel alone. We are never alone. Now I want to take a, a moment and look at Jesus at Bethlehem. Uh, think about everything he gave up to come here as a baby. <clears throat> Just think about it. Perfect existence, perfect entity, perfect God. And yet he gave up that to come here. I admire missionaries. They leave their homes and, and go to a different culture and live in conditions that aren't always so good or safe. Uh, I lived in Kenya and Malawi, Africa, but I didn't live in mud huts. I had the places I lived, both, both nations. We lived in a pretty nice house, had conveniences, had a four-wheel drive because needed one to get into places where I'd go, and it was a dependable vehicle, both places. I did experience some danger. I escaped like five different mob scenes. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I, I told them in the first uh, um, service. Thank you. <laughs> that one of my favorite scriptures back in those days was, and Jesus made his way through the midst. You get a mob, you want to be able to make your way through the midst. And he did. He protected me. Uh, and Christmas of 1995, I got malaria on Christmas Day. That wasn't a Merry Christmas. I, I used to say the two things that trouble me most about Africa are mobs and mosquitoes. <clears throat> so being a missionary can be hazardous to your health. There's some danger and some sacrifice involved, but I say that to kind of contrast with this. It is nothing even remotely compared to what Jesus left to come to earth. And it really is too much for us to understand. We will never fully understand or grasp all that he gave up to come here until maybe we get there. And no as he knows.
He had never been hungry, lonely. He had never faced temptation. We have to think about it. He had never been cold or hot or tired or sleepy. Have you ever thought about how Jesus, how tired Jesus must have been to have been in that boat going on the Sea of Galilee? There's a big storm that comes up. Water's filling the boat. The disciples are all freaked out. We're going to die. We're going to die. We're going down. And so they wake him up. Wake him up. Hey, we're going to die. Jesus gets up, calms the storm, peace be still, and everything's all right. And those guys are going, wow. I'm paraphrasing here, but they, in, in, in the original Greek, they must have said, wow. They did say, what manner of man is this? They were still getting an idea of who they were with. But I was thinking about that. I don't believe Jesus was faking sleep. I think that he was just so utterly exhausted, and then they woke him up, and he got up and took care of it. He had never experienced that kind of tiredness. You don't get tired in heaven. In heaven, he had never been misunderstood or disliked or rejected. Listen to Isaiah 53 and verse 3. He was hated and rejected. His life was filled with sorrow and terrible suffering. No one wanted to look at him. We despised him and said, he is a nobody. Now seriously, can you imagine it? The one who spoke the galaxies into existence, the one our very breath depends on, was called a nobody? All that Jesus left behind to come here really is too much for us to take in. Max Lucado said these words about Jesus' conception. The omnipotent, in one instant, made himself breakable. He who had been spirit became pierceable. He who was larger than the universe became an embryo. Wow. Wow. You can't see it, but I just got goosebumps, man. That's incredible. Think about where he was born. The Son of God was born in a barn. Now, I know we're, we're at that season where there are manger scenes everywhere. And I, I'm not against manger scenes. I think it's, you know, but they're always so clean, And, you know, the pictures you see of, of, of Jesus in the manger, you know, the, the cows and the horses and the sheep and the pigs uh, all have smiles looking at the baby Jesus, you know. <laughs> it's peaceful. It's cozy. It's serene. But I, I've had horses. I've cleaned out stables. And barns are not clean, serene, cozy. They are nasty and they stink. Now we have to consider this. It's where the King of Kings and Lord of Lords was born. A dirty, stinky stable. 
while I was putting these notes together, I had to take a break right here. <laughs> I had to pause and just thank him. And so I want us to do that. Would you just thank him? Thank you, Jesus, for coming. <clears throat> thank you for who you are. Thank you for revealing yourself to us. Thank you for all that you are and all that you do. Thank you. Now just say, thank you, Jesus. When Jesus, now take a moment and just consider this. When Jesus was born as a baby, he wasn't faking it. I think some people, when they think of his humanity, they think of it as kind of a snow job. You know, like, yeah, right, God became a baby. Wink, wink. Some think of him uh, as more of like, super baby. You know, because he was God, so. But he wasn't super baby. When he was hungry, he didn't snap his chubby little baby fingers and a, and a warm bottle of milk up here. In fact, he didn't do any, any miracles until he was 30 and began his ministry and turned the water into wine at a wedding and this beginning of miracles he did. He wasn't like Clark Kent in disguise until some emergency happens and then he jumps into a telephone booth and comes out Superman, you know. And I've always wondered about Superman and phone booths. I, I don't get that. I, wouldn't a closet be a little more discreet? Jesus didn't fake his humanity. And then when somebody needed to be healed or raised from the dead, he jumped into a tool shed, carpenter, and come out, super son of God, but he wasn't. Every miracle, listen, every miracle he did was as a man allowing the Spirit of God to move through him. Every word that he spoke, he spoke as a man uh, speaking what his heavenly Father told him to speak. He was God who became a man, but a man who allowed himself to be completely controlled by the Holy Spirit. Jesus as a baby is beyond our ability to imagine all the implications, all the restrictions. Listen, he had to learn to talk. Think about it. The living Word of God had to learn to talk. The one who spoke the universes into existence now has to learn to say, Mommy, Daddy. Think of Joseph holding him up and saying, Okay, Jesus, say, Papa. Papa. Wow. Are you getting it? He had to learn to talk. He had to learn to walk. He had to be potty trained. And I know it sounds almost sacrilegious, but it's true. God became a man, a baby, with all the limitations and problems that we have. And as he grew into a man, he faced all the temptations we face, yet without sin. So why did he do it? Why would God, God subject himself to become a baby, to go through all the stuff that he went through 
and to ultimately die the most horrible of deaths? Most of us know the answer, don't we? He did it because he loved us so much. He was willing to empty himself and to become like us to save us. Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7 says, Who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. In God's Word translation, it, it, it reads, He emptied Himself. Isaiah 53, verse 3, we read this earlier, but again, listen to these words. He was hated and rejected. His life was filled with sorrow and terrible suffering. No one wanted to look at Him. We despised Him and said, He is a nobody. God became a nobody so we could become somebody. Now, this is too much. The greatest somebody ever made himself of no reputation, a nobody. Everybody here uh, has felt the feeling of being a nobody. At some time in our life, we felt like a nobody. Does anybody get me? Does anybody understand me? I'm just a, I'm just a nobody. He became a nobody so we would know he knows how we feel. He was tempted in all areas, yet without sin, so that we would know he knows what it's like. He was born as a baby. He lived as a boy. He grew up into a man. He lived and died so we would know that he knows what it was like to be us. And I pray today that every one of us understands this. He gets us. I know there are times in our lives where we wonder, does God even get me? Does he understand? Does he know? Oh, he knows. He knows us better than we know ourselves. He understands us better than we understand ourselves. And somebody said, thank God. <laughs> Not only does he know but he intervenes. <laughs> and this is the reason God became a baby. The baby became a man. The man allowed himself to be nailed to a bloody cross and shed his blood was to intervene. Make a difference. Forty Coming up on 48 years, on February 1st, 48 years ago, I asked Jesus to come into my life. And I realized it wasn't religion. It wasn't just practice. It wasn't just mental assent. He was real. He changed my life. I knew forgiveness of sin. I wasn't perfect the moment that I got saved. I'm still not perfect. I know that's just shocking to so many of you. But I'm saved. We, we are the righteousness of God in Christ. Shed His blood for our forgiveness. Gave us the Holy Spirit so that we'd have power to live the life He calls us to live. 
If you're despairing and saying, I just I try, I fail, I try, I fail, guess what? He'll lift you back up again, pour in his spirit, and help you overcome. We're more than conquerors through him. Why? Because he came, he lived, he died, he rose again, and every one of us can know the power of his resurrection, his ability in our lives. This is what Christmas is all about. It's not just the baby Jesus in the manger. It's a lot more. That's, that, was, that was the beginning of... It just, it just took off from there. When he came the first time, he came as a baby. He grew into a man who allowed himself to be killed for us. He allowed himself to become weak, but he's not weak anymore. He rose from the dead, and he's king of kings and lord of lords. There are those today who deny him. There are those who want to take Christ out of Christmas. But the day is coming when he will not be denied again. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that he is Lord. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 through 11, says, Therefore God also has highly exalted him, and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He was born a baby, but you know what? He's Lord. He's Lord. Lord of lords. King of kings, ruler supreme, our intervener. The one who intervenes for us. Our helper. He's your helper. We need help. I was going to have you look at somebody and say, you, but you shouldn't do that. We... We, we need help. He's our helper. He has the ability. There is nothing that is impossible with him. I know that there are those here today, you've got things that seem out of control or out of your control or that there's no answer for. You may have been even told by someone, we have no answer, there's no answer for you. But guess what? All things are possible with God. He brings interventions. He's a miracle-working God. He's wonderful. And today, thank God, we can know Him. Know Him. Not just know about. Wednesday night, I'm going to talk about growing and knowing, but we don't just know about, know Him experientially. And we want more and more, don't we? More and more. Praise God. Let's bow our heads today. Close our eyes. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Wonderful Jesus. Thank you for who you are, revealing yourself, making yourself known. There are those here today, or maybe you're watching online, that maybe you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart.
And the whole purpose of him coming was to die, shed his blood, so that we could be forgiven and know him. You will never experience anything greater in life than knowing you have been forgiven and that you're ready for heaven and that God is going to be there every step of the way in this life until we pass into his life. And if you've never asked Christ to come into your life or you've been away from him for a time, we're going to pray before we close the service for forgiveness, and he's going to reveal himself to make himself known to you, forgiving you. Nobody looking around for a moment, if you would like to be included in this prayer for forgiveness, just slip your hand up and say, would you remember me in prayer? God bless you. God bless you. They're honest hearts. Amen. Bless you. I see your hands. Amen. If you're listening online, I'd just like to ask you wherever you are just to pray this prayer along with us. And let's all repeat this, would you, out loud? Lord Jesus, thank you for coming, for living, for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood so that I could be forgiven and know you. Thank you for changing my life and revealing yourself to me. Help me to never take you for granted and that during the next weeks I would have the ability to reveal you to others. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are, for what you've done for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you give the Lord a big clap and thank him? Thank you for it. Praise God. Isn't he good? I mean, man, he's just good. Good. So, here, you know, we got three weeks till Christmas. You already got the Christmas service. You, we're, we're, you're ahead of the game, guys. So don't forget Wednesday night, uh, 6.30, growing and knowing. I'll start that uh, at 6.30. Pastor Poole will be back next Sunday. Our prayer team is going to be up here in the front. If you need uh, a personal, individual prayer, you'd like to come, they know how to get a hold of God and pray uh, uh, compassionately with you. And so if you'd like to come and avail yourself of that. Other than that, God bless you. Uh, Enjoy your lunch. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.